Hi there and welcome to another episode of the Views from the Holgate podcast. My name is Don Brown. Today we're going to be going over all things to do with Middlesbrough Football Club. On the agenda today we have, is Jonathan Woodgate actually at fault for some of his strikers' woes? We've seen some problems for Middlesbrough's Ashley Fletcher and Britta Sombolonga. Is Jonathan Woodgate perhaps at fault for that? That might sound a bit silly to say but we've got a theory to back it up. Let me know whether or not you agree. Also going to be going over some injuries that have come out today. Middlesbrough are going to be down some key squad members when they travel to Loftus Road to face Queen's Park Rangers on Saturday. We're going to be seeing how they fare up and how Middlesbrough are going to fare without those. We're going to look ahead to the game at QPR, see how Borough could fare if they are down some players and how Borough are going to do against the uh, hoops when they travel to London. And also, why is Borough's squad looking so bare? So we've had some injuries over the past week or so, even going back into last season. But why why is the squad so bare? Why are we now having to recall players from loan at National League and below sides? And then it's going to be a bit of a negative podcast. So then we're going to try and end on a on a positive point, see if see, there's nothing we can say, oh, that's going to be good. Let's look ahead to the future there with some positives. Because there's been a lot of negativity around recently in Middlesbrough sitting in the bottom three of the championship table, you may think, well, there's not a lot of positives there. But, you know, the, the squad, on the looks of it, isn't shouldn't be down where it is. Maybe there's some turning points to happen. Woodgate's obviously, in his first year of management, the, the backup staff aren't very... Uh, haven't got a lot of experience. So, you know, maybe, maybe there are some positives to look forward to. Maybe we can get this uh, back on the rails, so to speak. But the first, the first uh, item on the agenda today we're going to hit is... Uh, Obviously, looking at Middlesbrough's team, you've got you've got over twenty million pounds worth of strike force there in British Sombolonga and Ashley Fletcher. So surely, surely you should be able to get something out of them. Whereas Middlesbrough's attackers look totally blunt and inept, to be honest, all this season. Middlesbrough, one of the lowest scorers in the league, just entered double figures recently. All of them are now three or four games, I believe, four games without scoring a goal. So. Obviously, very uh, worrying stuff if you're looking at the stats. But if you think back to when Jonathan Woodgate came in to the club, and even before that, Neil Madison was on BBC T's and he was talking about how if Middlesbrough appoint Jonathan Woodgate, he'll be playing a style of football like Liverpool, and uh, where they'll be playing a fast attacking style of football. Obviously, Woodgate was a scout at Liverpool before. Uh, they'll be attacking. They'll be going forward. He want want to get play strikers, play nice flowing football. And Woodgate obviously. Like I said, he was a scout at Liverpool. He also played with Spurs uh, back in back in the uh, 2000s. But if you actually look at how his team's playing now, there isn't that, watching from the stands, there isn't that much of a difference between Borough's team playing now and what it was under Tony Pulis. Yes, long ball was obviously going to be part of the game, but I can't tell you how many times, it, especially against Fulham, the last game I, I watched at the Riverside Stadium, the goal kick would be taken by Ainsley Pears, obviously deputising for Darren Randolph. He'd pass it short to Dale Fry, who stood to his right, and Fry would look up for a pass and boot the ball towards the strikers. Now, that's no good for a striker. Just getting that ball when you're against... Uh, Sambalonga is not the tallest of strikers. I think even when we had Patrick Bamford under Tony Pulis, he would hold the ball up better than... Um, Bamford would hold the ball a better than Sambalonga and, and Fletcher, although taller than Sambalonga, isn't ne- isn't necessarily dominant in the air. And even we've got Rudy said on the bench, and I've argued for a while he can't actually he's not very good at heading the ball. If you listen to the last podcast, uh, you'll hear a little bit of rant I had about that. But going back to the actual style of play, if you watch Liverpool, you've got 
uh, Firmino, who's playing up top. He's got Salah and Mane outside, which make him look a bit better than maybe he is. But he's still a class striker. He's always involved in the work in the build-up play. He's he plays almost a false nine role, where he'll come in and get hold of the ball. He's always on the ball. He's he's controlling the play from mid from midfield. Oh, not from midfield. From dropping down towards the midfield because not Liverpool's midfield isn't necessarily the strongest. And then you watch Spurs play. A game I watched them play was against Newcastle, where they weren't. Again, they didn't end up winning this game, but Kane was dropping back and looking for the ball all the time. He was getting involved in the play. Sometimes Kane will set up maybe Son, Ali or Lucas Moura. He'll set someone up for a goal. Which our strikers have no assists between them. Last last time I checked, Son Belonga, he thinks of one assist in the past two seasons. They don't get involved in the play. They are, they are the guys up top who we want to finish, finish the game off with. And while, yes, that's what they're getting paid for and they're not doing it, it can be very hard for strikers to do that because you isolate all game and then you've just got to receive the ball, be able to take a touch around the defender who's been dealing with other threats all game. They're more alive and they're more able to get on the ball. If you're a bit rusty and a bit tired, you just kind of stood around not doing anything. You're not as If you were involved in the game, you've been making loads of runs. The amount of times you see a Sombolonga make a run in behind the defence and the ball gets passed backwards, you've got to feel sorry for him because at points you think, oh, you're not running around, you're not chasing the ball down. Everybody calls him lazy. I think there are points he looks lazy, but he's not actually lazy. He will he will try very hard to make runs in behind and be attacking, but we just don't seem to have the ability or the nous to find him up front. And it can be it can be so frustrating for him when we do that. But even when we were playing against like I said, last game I watched was against Fulham and they obviously were sat back for the whole game, the whole second half they were just sat there. All all that was happening was the ball was going to the wingers and trying to get the ball in the box where there was everybody stood there. Asamba Longer and Fletcher, when he was on, before they brought on Marcus Brown, was just sat on the back line. No one was coming in to try and pick up the ball or play it behind because Woodgate said after the game, oh, I told him to go play, play the ball wide, try and get the ball into the box. That's all well and good, but you need to create something in the middle first. If somebody comes into the middle and brings out a defender... Say Sombolonga drops in to get the ball, he can play the ball out wide, which then will create space in the middle. It's just simple to think that, okay, if you move around, a bit of movement will help out rather than everybody standing still on the back line and nobody getting the ball. So maybe that's, and yes, that is a one-off because it's against Fulham. But there's a, there was a game earlier in the season where Fletcher should have scored two. I can't quite remember what the game is now, but... Fletcher had one ruled off for handball, which it shouldn't have been. I think it was Brentford. I can't quite remember now. But And then he also scored... I think did he score and it was going over the line. He had a game like that and it was... It, it, they were probably the only two touches he had in that half when he when he scored uh, when he should have scored there. And it's it's just thinking, well, why, why are we not... If we've got these assets up front, why aren't we getting the best out of them? I know Fletcher has to play wide sometimes, but even when he does that, he'll drift into the middle because he wants to be playing more central and towards the goal. Well, if he wants to do that, why not f- feed into that? And, okay, well, you can drop back. You can come into the middle, but if you go in the middle, pick up the ball. He did it against Corral Alexander. He picked up the ball and said, oh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, going to run past some players. And he's got a, a great goal doing that. Yes, it's against Corral Alexander, but he still shows he, he's got the he's got something to do that. So why are we ignoring the players when the, if the ball is just going to be played... Out wide and then into the box, they have to try and beat someone in a header. And yes, it's, a, it's not. If I am saying this is probably a bit of a hyperbole, so this is all Woodgate's fault. But you've got the strikers there who are just kind of isolated and not doing anything. I feel that like every time I watch Millsborough play away from home on Sky, 
you see a statistical or Sombolongo's touches, like three, or goalkeeper's touches for the opposition team, five, you know, he just doesn't seem to be involved in the play. I mean, yes, that's sometimes because we get hemmed in away from home and stuff like that, but surely you've got to involve the whole team when you're playing in and around and it just seems like common sense. Okay, you've got these guys there, let's get the ball to their feet. And then maybe they can do something with it. And a Sombolonga can be a bit greedy when he gets the ball sometimes. But you've got to encourage that. Surely that's better than giving the ball to uh, Johnson, say, on the left-hand side, just picking on Johnson. He'll run down, cut back and pass it backwards. Then if you're giving the ball to Sombolonga in that case and he's turned and had a shot, then, yeah, maybe that's, you've both ended up without the ball there. But that's better to see. Then surely it'll give the crowd a bit of an impetus. Say, oh, yeah, that's good. Come on. Or oh, that that's something to hang on to. If you're just passing the ball around and losing it, like it happened at the end of the Fulham game where just, the ball just got... McNair tries to bring the ball forward, he has no passing options and we lose the ball and then the game ends. It's just it's just so agonising to watch as a fan because you're like, well, why why am I going to show up anymore if we're not even like trying to give our best players the chance to get a goal for us? But that's one of the uh, that's one of the things we could that could possibly work on, or we hope it's been worked on for the game against QPR. Like we say, four games without a goal. Hopefully, we could score against QPR, but it doesn't look good. Uh, for Jonathan Woodgate, he said in his press conference today on Wednesday when I'm recording this, he said he has multiple injuries to his side. Apparently, the, the Middlesbrough team is going to be without Gested, still a friend, and without Marcus Brown, who was injured uh, in the under-23s game against Manchester United on Monday. No Shotton still, no Randolph. Uh, obviously, Savile got sent off against... Uh, da, 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 Derby County, that's it. <laughs> it's ironic he got sent off against Derby County because I went to the New uh, New Year's Day game last year and he terrible tackle on G- on Jack Marriott and to be honest, he could and probably should have been sent off on that occasion there. So, same year, just different season. And yeah, he's uh, maybe some of the luck he, he didn't have uh, on Saturday, maybe he already used his luck <laughs> previously for there. So, so, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't think there's much complaints about that red card. There's been no um, attempt to overturn it from the Borough, so they've put up with that. And also, Borough's new young goalkeeper, Ainsley Pears, is apparently 50-50, according to Woodgate. Uh, so he could be seeing the first game for Thomas Mejias since uh, the 9th of January in 2016, when he played in a home loss in the FA Cup to Burnley. Borough lost 2-1 on that occasion, and it could be first time seeing him since there, but obviously... Mejias is mainly uh, remembered for the penalty shootout save against Manchester United earlier in that season and then the game against Manchester City the season before that where Borough won 2-0 at the Etihad Stadium. But it is a shame for Woodgate that obviously he's got all these players out but he's rarely had a fully fit squad this year. As he came into the season without George Friend and, and Dale Fry, Housen got a injury earlier on, Hayden Coulson also started well, then he got injured week we saw. Uh, Bowler and Johnson playing left uh, left back slash left wing back and also Ryan Shotton trying to play there as well so Borough don't have a lot of depth in uh, the back back line so how how are we going to cope from that from now on and uh, would maybe these injuries see see um, Paddy McNair being used in midfield again because if he's not going to be able to be played at centre back because we need somebody to take over Savile does that see does that see him pushing to centre mid? If he has to say centre back, do we see Adam Clayton possibly playing as a sweeper? Sometimes he gets criticised for playing too deep. Uh, when we play, when we play four backs with him in, in centre defensive midfield. So maybe, maybe if we're being attacked one time, do we do we put Clayton as a defender 
but maybe it makes you IR as marking the tallest striker if you play somebody like QPR. You have sorry, you have Jordan Hugel up front. Do we see do we see Clayton there? Or do we see maybe Anthony Dykesteel coming back into the squad playing as a centre back? <coughs> do we see Dykesteel coming in as a centre back? He's uh, he hasn't looked as attacking on the right hand side and one of my friends I sit with Mitch has said, Well, why don't we play him as a centre back? He looks like he's got some good defensive work. Why don't we do that? So that could definitely be that could definitely be an option, or do we maybe promote Nathan Wood to playing in centre back, give him his uh, his first championship start of the season? Do we see him uh, play alongside Fry and Ayala? But the only problem I'd have with that is uh, he played against Manchester United, as did uh, Marcus Brown, and he did make a mistake for one of the goals. Yes, it wasn't his, wasn't totally his fault, but Sol Brennan goal played the ball out to Nathan Wood, and he kind of panicked on the ball and kicked it straight to the Manchester United player who went in and scored just before half time to make it two 0 to to the Red Devils. So. It's that that would be a a bit of a risk to put him in, I think. Or would you see Middlesbrough maybe revert to a far back uh, player? You, you know, you keep uh, Coulson at left back. Do you maybe keep Housen at right back? But then you've got your Ayala and Fry to play as a centre back partnership. If you do that, maybe does that mean uh, a start further forward for Walker, Mali, or maybe even Tyrone O'Neill, who uh, was called from Darlington earlier this week? Well, today actually on Wednesday. So obviously you've got Steve Walker and Conor Malley who played against Manchester United, but O'Neill was out on loan at Darlington this season. He'd scored seven goals in 17 games for the Quakers. Some fans on social media of the Quakers saying they weren't actually happy uh, to see it go because this week they've got an important FA Cup tie, uh, FA Cup first round proper, no, yeah, FA Cup first round proper tie, they do, yeah. Uh, so could that mean maybe oh, we've brought him back for a reason? Is he going to go straight into the squad? Are we going to see a young lad playing up front? Uh, I think Malley obviously hasn't started for the Borough properly. Walker's been on as a sub a few times this season. Uh, are we going to start some of them up alongside Asamba Longa? I think <laughs> can't be too sure yet what's going to happen because... <laughs> well, you can't be too sure what's going to happen because there's so many if, buts and maybes. If Pears doesn't start, that means Mejias is going to start. You can you can mark that one down, but then further up the field, you've got like, which of the young lads do you bring in? I think Mali did look, made a few uh, surging runs, but made a bad tackle as well in the under twenty threes game. Walker was a little bit isolated up front. Uh, obviously, O'Neill's been playing well for Darlington, but it's a big step up to play from from being playing against uh, South Shields to playing against Queens Park Rangers. Is that going to be? Is that going to be too much of a step up for him, or do we just go? You know what? Let's give the guy a go. I think, just give him my quick prediction, do tweet me uh, at Holgate Views if you think anything's going to be different, or get in touch on my Facebook as well if you think what I've said, if you're going to disagree with this, but I'm going to give you my lineup for the game against Queen's Park Rangers. If Pairs is fit, Pairs start, that's what we're going to say, so I'll keep Pairs in goal. Uh, I think Dyke Steele could come into the side instead of instead of Savile, we push Housen at the midfield, so that means Dyke Steele starts at the right wing, right wing back role. Uh, I think Paddy McNair probably still plays centre half. He is definitely more effective when he plays in a uh, more advanced role. And then obviously you've got Ayala and Fry there at centre back. Uh, Hayden Coulson, if he's fit, you know he, he played against Manchester United, but if he's fit, you'd hope he'd play on the left side. He seems to have a bit more pace and a bit more direct play in the left wing back role than say uh, uh, Marvin Johnson does. Uh, you'd have Clayton in the midfield as well. And you have Wing and House in there alongside him. So you've got Clayton and House and playing in midfield alongside Wing. Wing would probably have to move a bit further forward if that was the case because 
Clayton was uh, is obviously the deeper line and the midfielder. Wings seem to play well in that deep role, but however, you've, you've got to sacrifice something, let him play a bit further forward if Clayton comes back in, because Clayton doesn't have the attacking ability of a wing. And then you'd probably uh, go again with uh, Marcus Tavernier in the attacking midfield role, uh, in behind Britta Sombolonga. Uh, obviously, Britt Brit needs the support from Tav, so I think Tav, Tav stays a bit further up a bit, almost like Brown did against Derby. When Brown was on the pitch, he was like almost playing just off of Sombolonga. If you can have Tav up around him, giving as much support as possible, that's probably best for Brit. Maybe get some one-twos in behind the uh, QPR defence, hit them on the counter-attack or something like that. But it, you're looking at the squad, it's, you see you've got those you've got those guys, but on the bench, who are going to be the experienced first-team players? You've got, you've got no defenders uh, as experienced guys on the bench. You might have Mark Baller there. Like if Dyke Seal doesn't play, he'll be on the bench. You've got no uh, ex- other experienced midfielders to come in. And then you've got no experience, right? So could it be a bench full of kids at the weekend to go on? Like you might have Marvin, you have Marvin Johnson, who's a, a first team player on the bench. But unless I'm overlooking someone here, and please let me know how I've done, I can't think of anybody else who could come into that that team. It just seems like a team that's not got any depth to it at all. So why why have we got such a, a threadbare squad at the moment? Why is it why is it that we're having to resort to recalling players? Who were on loan at lower league squads, so, and it all harks back to so when Tony Pulis came into the club. He said, "We've got too many players here." You know, when Monk was there for the six months, his idea was, "Okay, I want to have two players for every position." So you had Fabio and Friend, you had Christie at right back as well. He got Fabio can cover both. He wanted to have Braithwaite as the strikers, but then he had, to, he had far too many strikers in the end. He wanted, his idea was to try and have two players for every position. Obviously, in centre mid, he had Housing. He brought in had Clayton and Ledbitter and Forshaw still. You have to get rid of Darun. So, and then Pulis comes in and goes, no, I want a really small squad of around 20, like around 22 players, I think he said. And then you can add um, add young players to that. So, he, he sold all the players he deemed unnecessary around the team, uh, including some of our very talented players like Traore and Gibson and Bamford as well. And he... He just seemed to be. He just seemed to be wanting to uh, trim the squad down to a state where okay, you've got the players there who can. You've got players who can do the job, but then nothing else outside it. So, so he didn't want to be upsetting players by leaving them out. And but that obviously runs the risk of oh, I'm not going to get any injuries. And I'll look at Pulis towards the very end of his. His tenure at Borough seemed to... I was almost catching up with him when he had to play McNair in centre-back previously. But he just seemed to be getting lucky almost that none of his attacking players got injured or his crucial players to the team, like Sombolonga, got injured. So, but that price is being paid by Woodgate now. He's he's he's, he's got a, quite a bare and untalented team at the moment. So you, you've, got the, you've got the guys there, and that's about it. The bench has looked poor for a while. Uh with nobody can come on the bench to affect the game. You've got Walker come off the bench, but is he ready to affect a game at the championship level at the moment? Probably not. And to be honest with you, it looks like Borough could need a squad built from the grounds up, but they've got no funds to do it. And it, with a lack of funds, are we going to have to look to more of an analytical approach towards signing people? So perhaps you don't go out and sign the big names. If like The example I was thinking of was, OK, if you've got a Samuel Longer, who wants to leave the club at the end of the year, or maybe even January, because he goes, OK, uh, I, I don't want to be playing low, low championship football, I want to be challenging for promotion. 
I think a lot of people's retort would be, okay, we'll score the goals and you can get us up there. But if you just want to leave and you recoup £8 million for him, rather than going spending that £8 million on another striker who can score all those goals, maybe do you spread the wealth around a bit? Do you say, okay, well, we'll get if he can score 15 goals, we'll get we'll buy a striker who can score seven goals a season. You buy an attacking midfielder who can probably assist uh, six to ten goals a season, but you can score four or five. Then you go get an impact winger who can come off the bench, who's uh, played in the championship before, who can score uh, four to five to six goals a season off the bench. So do you spread it? You, you, Bora need to add depth to the squad. So the the way you do that is by looking around and seeing who's out there, not for an amazing amount of money, but you'd you'd then spend the money wisely. Whereas Borja didn't spend any money at all in the summer. We've got Marcus Brown, who probably is another one for the future alongside Tav. You've got those two young lads there, but it hasn't worked out for them so far. And now Brown's injured, so you've got to think. You've got to really think differently. I mean, that kind of analytical approach really works in American sports. I think you've got if you, there's a movie on Netflix, if you're interested about this kind of analytical approach called Moneyball, where they get out and they saw pitches who were available for less and they were trying to recoup the the statistics of one player by bringing in two that would do the same kind of thing so two average players would make one very good player so you've got to think can Borough do that especially by the fact they need to squad building out more but like I said this earlier on but it, it has been a bit of a, a bit of a depressing podcast on which you're thinking oh well oh, we're not playing very well we can't score <laughs> Why, sorry, we've got like no squad depth but ending it on a positive note then what have we got to hope for for the future so you think, well, we're in this situation, but we don't have a terrible team. Yeah, we haven't got like that much talent and pace. But you've got a striker who's consistently scored over 10 goals a season. He's only scored three this season. So you'd imagine he's going to hit a purple patch soon. Okay, well, because he's proven it in the past, he can score goals in this league. You just need to get his confidence back up, I think. Once he gets a few, you'd hope that that'll push him on to get some more, some more goals towards the end of the season. Obviously, if the injuries could mean that we maybe get a few more youngsters coming through, coming through, yeah, to get Steve Walker gets a chance, maybe Conor Malley does as well. We'll see what happens with them. Ben Little could also step into centre mid if we need to. See what happens there. Another, another young lad who's been obviously with us a lot longer is uh, Marcus Tavernier. Hopefully, you could get more of a run of games with the team. Now it looks like he could be getting a good run in the squad. Obviously, uh, Woodgate has a lot of faith in him. He gave him the number seven jersey, which was available after uh, Ledbetter left in January. <clears throat> but you know, could have, could have run a game for maybe, cement him in the team. If he starts putting a few uh, goals and assists into his game, he could become a very crucial part of the team for the future. Uh, speaking of uh, somebody who could become good for the future, Ainsley Pears has looked, he's looked decent. He he, he struggled, struggled with one, uh, one against Fulham early on where he kind of flapped it across and just managed to keep it from going over the line. But he's a young keeper. He's just starting off, and obviously Randolph is the better keeper. But you know, if Pears deputises well for him, you could then look to the future and say, okay, well maybe in a year or two's time, if Randolph does leave or just retire or just or goes to a Premier League team, even uh, can can Pears step in and be a Championship level goalkeeper? Which we'll have to see. But that could all be blown out of the water if if Ainsley Pears doesn't play against QPR this weekend. But hey. The good part is if Mejias plays, maybe we could sing the La Bamba song again, just get a Thomas Mejias version going, because <laughs> we don't have Karanka or uh, <laughs> Kike or Fabrini. We've still got Ayala, so maybe you could just sing a Mejias version. But Albi goes to the QPR game, 
<laughs> don't ask me why, just <laughs> just decided oh, it might be a good day out to go there. Uh, let's hope for three points. Let's hope for one point. Let's just hope we don't get defeated because it could it could be quite ugly if, if Borough end up not having the squad depth or the players available available to them. But let's hope for the best. I think uh, Borough fans have had to be eternally hopeful, especially this year. So let's hope for the best. Uh, that's going to end it now. We'll bring this podcast to an end. If you enjoyed it, uh, thank you very much. Please do subscribe. Do let me know if you've got any questions for the next time or if you've got any topics you'd want to be talking about. Uh, that's going to be it from me. Do get in touch on the Views from Holgate accounts. That's either at Holgate Views on Twitter or uh, just search Views to the Holgate on Facebook. Well, that's everything from me. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time.